Welcome to, or welcome back to the Flowcast. This is the podcast for information and inspiration on your journey to finding your flow. My name's RJ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Telsey. Together, we explore topics surrounding flow, as well as lead by example through our own passions and those of the guests that we interview. So let's dive right in. Hey everyone, just before we get started, big thanks as always to Flow Spa for making it possible for us to keep making this podcast. Flow Spa is Peterborough's float therapy and sports recovery center, providing float tanks, infrared sauna, contrast therapy, and the Normatec recovery system for deep relaxation and recovery and to help you find your flow. Yeah, so I'm here. I try to take a day off each week, but it doesn't always happen. And uh, you meditate so much, you don't need a day off, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of balance that goes into it. Yeah, so. I'm a big believer of like, for me anyway. I find going to work is like going to play. Yeah, I don't watch the clock. I've been in positions in the past where I'll like watch the clock all day and it's like, okay, is it, how the heck do I get out of here early? Like, what can I do? Like, what's the craziest idea I can come up with to get out of work early? Oh yeah. And now I find it's the other way around where I have to keep an eye on the clock because the day will be gone. And next thing you know, it's like, I gotta go. I have to go see this person. I have to go see that person. I've only given myself three minutes to get down the road here. Or, <laughs> you know, it's the other way around now because I enjoy my job so much and the people I work with that it's like, I need to watch the clock for the other reason so that I don't just get lost and get carried away and cool. miss out on things. <laughs> that's a that's a good introduction. And so we've got Janet DiBello on today. Is that how you say your last yeah, name? Yeah, you got it. Not Diablo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you Although I'll answer, I'll answer to Diablo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and, and so I, you're actually probably one of the first people that came through the doors of Flow Spa, I would say, before it was even, before the walls were even up. Mm-hmm. I, I remember, I remember. And it's crazy seeing it now, like just there was so much steel and cement and wires and <laughs> it was nothing like this. Yeah. Nothing like this. Yeah. But so I'd say we've gotten to know each other fairly well, but you are um, sort of a, a rep for Bell Media for me and... Yeah. We've had a, a good friendship develop through that. And so, you know, I it was it was time to ask you to be on the podcast because it's what we do around here. Why not? Why not? <laughs> but it's also, my first time. Yeah, and also a chance to come in and float and yeah. and check that out. Um, yeah. but yeah, so I don't let's jump right in. So working for Bell Media, you love your job. Which I love awesome. my job. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's as what what exactly is your title or what sort of the the things that your job entails for I'm you? a broadcast and digital account executive um, I like to make it fun and say I sell air basically um, but what I do is I work with all sorts of businesses and help them develop their business and tell their story and get their message across and um, find the right consumer to send that message to mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome and so how did you how did you get into that role? Oh my how, goodness! What's, what's the journey look like? Because you were just saying. Do you that, want the Coles notes or do you want like the super long story? We've got time, <laughs> so whatever whatever comes to mind that really stands out. Um, I was working at a really great retail job. I love my job, and I connected with 
my who's now my manager through that spot. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to give you the condensed version. <laughs> and I was in college at the time. I was a single mother at the time. I had a, oh gosh, five-year-old daughter. And I was working retail. I was going through school. And I was going to school for marketing. And mm -hmm. I really didn't even know what marketing was when I started at Fleming College here in Peterborough. And then uh, throughout my time at this retail location, I got to know my now manager. And when the opportunity came up to do a placement, she was, you should do a placement at the radio station. Like, I think you would love it and you'd be a great fit. And I was like, okay, like radio sounds cool. I'm good with that. So I did actually a placement doing reception at our station in Lindsay Bob FM. And I was writing commercials, answering phones, and I kept seeing these people like come and go throughout the day, going for lunches, seeing people, people coming in to see them. And the whole time I'm writing ads, answering phones, I'm like, that looks kind of cool. Uh -huh. Don't really know what it is, but it looks cool. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I finished my year at school and then it was summertime and I was like, okay, what am I going to do this summer? Like, am I going to go back to my retail job or am I going to try and get in? at the radio station. And at that time they were going through some restructuring and in the back of my head, I had this belief that like, okay, it's not my time to get hired. Mm. Like there's too much going on corporately. You know, this isn't going to happen for me. I was 26 years old at the time. Everyone that I worked with were real adults and like, it wasn't my time. So I had applied at a couple other places for some promotions jobs. And, uh, throughout that, the, the program director at that station. And Lindsay was like, you know, we have a summer cruiser job. We want you to do the cruiser. So I withdrew from everything else and I started doing the community cruiser. So I was out and about in the cruiser, shaking hands and kissing babies and, you know, supporting not-for-profit events, supporting events that were paid if they wanted just the station presence there to help promote what was going on. And I was doing that kind of stuff. So I was on the radio now. So I went from at a desk to on the radio. Mm -hmm. And then I learned some weekend on-air stuff. They taught me, like, what buttons to press, what buttons not to press. <laughs> no radio experience whatsoever. And I was like, okay, like, I'll take it. Um, and then it was coming to the fall, and I was like, okay, summer cruiser is almost over. I'm not going to get a job again. I had this belief in the back of my head that it wasn't for me. Um, but I was asked to cover the Peterborough Cruiser at that time, so Country 105 and Energy 99.7, and I... I remember, and it's it's the craziest story. My boss doesn't remember, but I've told her quite a few times. So I was covering this station cruiser for the weekend for the Orono Fair, actually. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, Country 105, like, that was, at the time, Country 105. Now it's pure country. But I was like, that's, like, the bee's knees. That is the coolest station of all stations. And I'm going to be on that station this weekend. And, oh, my God, like, imposter syndrome going through my head like crazy. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of flipped gears and I was thinking like, wouldn't it be cool if they offered me a job? Like I walked in and my boss was there and she's like, you know, we want you to work here. And I, this is like crazy minute of a daydream in my head. And when I got to the station, that all basically happened. Somebody had left and my boss came in and she's like, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm covering the cruiser. And she's like, the timing's amazing. And she pulled me aside and she offered me a job basically right there on the spot. Wow. Yeah. So it went from like major, major imposter syndrome to like daydreaming and then literally being asked to take the job right there on the spot the same day I like had that daydream. So it was pretty cool. Um, 
And you know what, though? When I took the job, it was seven years ago almost. I had no idea what the heck I did even then. Hmm. Like, I just took this cool job that I saw people coming and going and people coming to visit them and going on lunches. And I had no idea what the heck I was supposed to do when I took the job. So yeah, it's been an interesting journey of learning what the heck I do, yeah. basically. <laughs> Very cool. Uh-huh. Um, before, before we got rolling and before your float, actually, you were telling me that you, you spend most of the day with your phone in do not disturb mode. Mm-hmm. And so I know, you know, from our communications and everything, and even we sort of geeked out on it the first time that I met you. Totally. With, <laughs> with different, you know, different things. And I think that was when I suggested you check out Tim Ferriss, I believe, as well. And I've been geeking out over Tim Ferriss, listening to his audiobooks over and over ever since. And, and so <laughs> uh, it sounds like you've got a lot of the the tips and tricks of of I don't know if you want to call it productivity or whatever um what what are some of the big things for you that that you <sighs> that you really incorporate that makes your your day work so well yeah yeah oh, a couple game changers for me definitely we talked about this I think when I saw you at power of success conference was, um, batching my emails. Mm. That was a big thing for me. So I did take a tip in the book that, you know, said to, or suggested downloading this app, Zomni, Zobni, which is inbox spelt backwards on my computer. So I did that and it managed my outlook to basically tell me when were my peak periods for incoming mail, outgoing mail, all that jazz. So I was able to determine, you know, which times a day would be the most productive times for me to batch my emails. And that's been a huge help for me because my job is crazy, go, 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 managing a bunch of different things at once. So batching emails have been a huge lifesaver for me because I I don't always keep my outlook open now and I'm not constantly interrupted. And essentially I've done that with my cell phone too. Like it's always on silent. Um, Don't get me wrong. It's typically in my hand or really close. (laughs) So I'm habitually checking it, um, but I'm not interrupted by it. I don't let people interrupt my day yep. like that. On the other hand, I am in a sales position. So mm-hmm. I know if there's something going on and I need to have my phone on for a certain reason, I do I do leave it on. But sure. the sound of it annoys me now. I don't even like hearing it. Yeah. Like I don't like hearing my husband's phone. Like if his <laughs> phone's going off, I'm just like, do you mind like put that on silent? Like I don't want to hear your phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- it's really interesting because it it uh it definitely is something that, you know, interrupts that that workflow and even the flow of it you know the the central topic of the flow cast is talking about the flow state mm-hmm. where you get into that sort of optimal state of consciousness that peak performance and uh and it sounds even like you said with losing track of time in your job that's even you know one of the classic sort of signs that you're in in a flow state for yeah. a lot of the day and tech is causing a lot of issues for people with with getting into flow and staying into flow because those distractions i think the the number is 23 minutes or something when you get a distract when you get a, you know a pang or you're multitasking going off and looking at something other than what you're immersed in takes you 23 minutes for your brain to get back into the the zone and that's just like that scares me because when i first started my career um I used to, one of the coworkers actually, one of my coworkers had suggested to me like a rule of 10. And it was basically if something came into your inbox and you could deal with it in 10 minutes or less, 
do it and get it out of the way. Sure. So that's what I did for years. Probably about three or four years, I was rocking the rule of 10. So I was constantly multitasking, being interrupted, you know, completing that task, going back to the other task. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was working. And it wasn't, and the numbers don't lie. And it wasn't until I stopped doing that and kind of realigned um, my priorities and batching things and keeping things on silent that I started performing at my best. Mm. And that's, that's revenue wise as well. Once I started consciously not multitasking, mind you, I'm human, I'm 32. (laughs) I still catch myself frequently, like trying to do multiple things. I have two kids, like it's natural, but I think at work to get into that flow, I'm consciously reminding myself from time to time, like, cool, stop, do what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. How do, what's your, I guess, what other tips, because, you know, it, it is something that takes some discipline and some, I'd say, self-awareness too. Mm-hmm. What what kind of things can help somebody get started in that, in, in doing that more for themselves? For me, it wasn't committing to too much at once. Hmm. So I didn't, it's like with a diet, you know, you don't want to diet and an exercise and everything all at the same time and quit smoking and you're just not going to be successful. It's what 21 days that the body needs to actually, you know, create a new habit. So I think that I didn't put too much pressure on myself. Um, and I gave myself time. I did one thing at a time. So I Mm. started by downloading Zobni Mm -hmm. and checking the analytics each week to just kind of see what that looked like. And then I started, you know, I didn't commit to checking my email twice a day right away. I would check it four times a day. Sure. I took email off my phone, like the app. I can still dive in through Safari (laughs) when I really need to and I'm on the road all day. But um, I then took email off my phone and I did that for, you know, 30 days to see if that worked for me. Mm -hmm. Then I would go down to checking my email three times a day. And I'm just kind of doing one thing at a time, baby steps, really. And now I find that I'll go on sales calls and I'll be out seeing clients for half the day and... I'm okay with it. Cool. Like I'm no longer freaking yeah. out. Right? Yeah. 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 Cause that's a lot of, that's, that's one of the things that, um, you know, we're, we're big. The one of the main themes or one of the themes of the podcast that we like to talk about a lot is that digital minimalism and, uh, and sort of reducing your being controlled by tech. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have tech in your life and, and all of that, but, you've got to be the, the ruler of it rather than the other way around. It is the coolest tool. I love cell phones. Mm-hmm. I love so much about them. And I have this conversation with my husband a lot and how, you know, you used to wake up in the morning and read the newspaper. Well, now you wake up in the morning and you're on your phone yeah. reading the news, right? The consumption's changed. Um, you used to watch family as a TV, uh, watch TV as a family every night. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're seeing families that are all sitting there on their devices and the TV's off. Mm-hmm. So it just, it seems like it's so much consumption of cell phones, even though it's just us consuming different media differently and it's all in one place. Right. But where I struggle, so I'm trying to definitely regulate myself, but I have kids. Yeah. Right. We, I have a 12 year old daughter and trying to teach her how awesome it is and how great of a tool it is, mm-hmm. but at the same time, responsibility regarding it as well. And not to get, you know, 
sucked down the rabbit hole of TikTok and yeah. apps and, you know, being conscious of her friends even taking photos with her because her friends can post those photos. And mm-hmm. that's where I'm really starting to see the struggle is trying to teach, you know, tech responsibility yeah. to the younger generation. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm just teaching myself control. Right. And now yeah. I'm trying to pass on the controls. So for sure. Yeah. A great book that I'm currently reading that I think is a really nice solution to it is 24 six. Mm. <clears throat> um, it's, it's one of the most popular. I, it, the, the cover is very simple, but it, it caught my eye. It's one of the top picks from last year for at chapters okay and so it's it's really good essentially the concept is is so i'm gonna download it before i drive home and listen to it now (laughs) the the concept is to take a tech shabbat so a day off from tech each week and you know it becomes this whole family thing so tiffany shalane's from a, a jewish background and doesn't really practice the religion but she has taken a lot of at least at this point in her life, she's but she's taken a lot of the the lessons of that Shabbat that she grew up with and and Which turning I think it is into, great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And turning it into this this tech Shabbat. So no screens essentially for a full day. And it's television too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um they do it from Friday night to Saturday night. So you know Saturday night once again screens could go on. Although I think Sometimes they go out to the movies. Um, okay. Either way, it's but that's a, really... a different way of consuming. You know, you're, yeah, you're doing something together they, as a family. They're doing right? something together, and then they they discuss it afterwards as a family, and and all of that. But you know, phones are off for that time. They they take their sheet of paper with their itinerary and maps and everything, and and just my kids are going to hate that I was here today hearing this. <laughs> but so it's really interesting. You know, she kind of writes it. I like the way it's written. Um, there's nothing a whole lot new as far as the the science goes behind mm-hmm. why we need to reduce tech, but that's okay because she writes it more in a memoir style. She's got input from what her kids are saying, what her husband's saying, and it's really neat to see that her 12-year-old daughter is talking about how, you know, she's able to recognize how frustrating it is when her friends are glued to their phones Uh because she's got this day off from it. My daughter doesn't have a phone. So this is where I, she recognizes her frustration as well. Like all her Uh friends are on TikTok, all her friends have cell phones and she doesn't. Yeah. So she, you know, does dabble and has fun with the apps and whatnot, but I can totally relate to that. There's actually a section in the book where she talks about the debate with her husband about when their first daughter got a phone. So that's some interesting stuff. You might be able to pick Oh, I'm all over that. All over that. We had fun actually before the Lindsay Fair um, because my daughter was at the age this past year where she wanted to go with a few girlfriends. But I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So we went and bought her a cell phone. Oh, yeah. We did buy her a cell phone. We bought her, I don't even know the name of it, like a Nokia black flip phone that snaps really good when you close it <laughs> and then my husband even we went as far as take like turning it around to take a selfie because it doesn't have a reverse camera oh yeah so he turned it around to take a selfie and made a picture of her mom and dad basically the screensaver of this phone now she only gets it when she's like at a babysitting gig or out with her friends and not in our care uh-huh. and she gets her flip phone so flip. i'm kind of a mean mom that way because she's not then inclined to open it up because yeah 
it's it's funny because that's the same thing that they this this family like they started their daughter off really with, with a flip phone learning too. t9 doing it the hard way just like we had yeah. to right yeah, exactly oh yeah i'm all over that i really like that idea i've recently um taken an idea from my coworker again about like having some tech control in the house and we've yeah. limited so my oldest daughter she really likes television so she doesn't get television now throughout the week because we started seeing her her commitment to her homework starting to decrease and so mm-hmm. she no longer gets tv during the week just on weekends yeah my youngest really liked the ipad and but we were seeing you know behavioral stuff with her like wanting to be on the ipad all the time so now mm-hmm. she doesn't get the ipad during the week so we do we have put some restrictions on it yep but i've never thought about all of us doing it because on the weekends, you know, my husband and I, we still have our phones. Yeah. Right? And I never thought about all of us doing it. Yeah. No, it's it's worth checking out. I like out. that. I, I've always been a fan of trying to have a, uh, you know, the, the minimalists have a podcast. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen that documentary. On I have, Netflix. yeah. They've got a podcast and they talk about their screen off Saturday. I like the idea of a screen off day. I've struggle with it lately because i kind of need to know what's going on well, you run your own business too right it, so there's so it, as does my husband so it would be yeah. tricky it would be tricky yeah so there's there's challenges but there's also ways that you can still i'm sure there's ways you can implement it even if you have situations like that um but you know it's interesting right because you're you, you study marketing and that was one of the other things that we really got into. We've connected a lot with is, is sort of in all these conversations around marketing and stuff. And, uh, and so what's um, like, how do you, how do you find that balance yourself with, with consuming things? You know, you've got to know what's going on. I mean, referencing TikTok is very, very timely and also i think we i'm pretty hip like come on <laughs> we uh i'm pretty sure we we talked a bunch about gary v when you were mm-hmm. here so you know, my conflicting like, feelings about gary v but yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um i definitely have conflicting feelings yeah so. you know it, it's i absolutely love some of his content but i just from a marketing perspective disagree with some of his perspective like ways on how to put the content out there yeah um but I didn't always have balance, I wouldn't say mm. with it. Like it, it used to be, I was constantly on, constantly on my phone, constantly going. It's only been probably in the last few years that I've taken the time to be more aware yeah. of my consumption. Because yep. I used to, well, after I, I floated, you had said how sometimes, you know, you find it inspiring for like ideas with business. And I used to be like that all the time. My drive to work, my drive home from work, like I was constantly strategizing and thinking about, you know, my next cold call or my next prospect or my next client meeting or a creative breakthrough or, you know, where I could get some new business. And I think I don't, I think I was consuming probably a little different than the average person because Mm -hmm. I was hyper aware of any kind of marketing that was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did have to take a step back because like having a phone, I was always on, always on. And, you know, I was always talking about business or look at that billboard or look at this or listen to that radio ad or, oh, that was a good ad or look at this, like anything, print ads, digital ads, like yeah. constantly or, oh, they have a new sign up. It looks fantastic. Or, oh, their sign doesn't match their menus and it's silly or the inside of the restaurant doesn't represent the outside of the restaurant. It drives me nuts because the synergism isn't happening <laughs> like constantly, constantly. And 
over the last few years, I've been more aware of it because I was working 24 seven. And when I floated today and you had mentioned about sometimes, you know, finding it inspiring that way, I had an aha moment because I didn't think about work. For the first time, I wasn't thinking about, okay, you know, I have this campaign coming up. It's kicking off May 24 weekend when we have increased traffic from the GTA. Like, how can we message? That didn't happen. Hmm. And that was really cool for me. That's great. To have that, like, time out and to not be thinking about work. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. So that's, uh, and, you know, I... I, I was kind of explaining to you because we don't often talk about floating on the podcast just because it's, you know, there's more to it than just that. But I do like to dive into the conversation when 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 it presents itself. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, for me, it's not that I go in there with the intention of having any sort of business ideas. Mm-hmm. It's because you let your mind go. And of course, right now, my life's fairly consumed by by business so and and running flow spa so it, it just happens that most of the ideas that come out of my head are creative things surrounding the business see maybe um, it shut me up for once <laughs> like it really didn't go there no that's good that's yeah. that's great that's uh but but it also i find it to be just so ref- so i yeah refreshing because you get this complete hour of you know stimulus reduction sensory deprivation that it really recharges you because you were sort of wondering (laughs) am i supposed to feel all you know loosey-goosey relaxed Mm -hmm. and everything which which is very common but the other side of it is it's like turbocharging your brain again and, and getting you sort of boosted back up like a power nap i think you, you were i was bouncing off the walls like yeah. i was like <laughs> ready to go out of my yeah. after my what i call it truck driver nap like ready to go <laughs> yeah was, and i think i don't know the other thing could have been i don't know how much it went through your head that the podcast was going to be after but that could have impacted things too maybe maybe i definitely think so i was also i try to limit my exposure to the customers beforehand because i i'm always super passionate about it mm-hmm. it's i i don't portray the typical um like spa you know there, there's there's that stereotypical mm-hmm. spa sort of uh, vibe guide and i have a hard time doing that good for you though for being aware of how you present yourself mm-hmm. and being aware of how people perceive you and that maybe you're not perceived as being that typical spa person and that your energy could change the the float experience for someone because that's a lot to be aware of Mm -hmm. i think that's really cool that you're aware of that yeah i think it uh i mean it's even impacted me on the flip side going to the float centers that i sort of went and checked out before opening this place and i knew if it was either i had to go in get the orientation and float otherwise if I spent too much time beforehand talking and everything, I'd be overly energized and have a hard time. Well, were time you super passionate about it then yes. too? Yeah. So that's <laughs> obviously, it's like if I went into to another radio station and, you know, I found a rep and we started talking about a client that we had in common and great yeah. ideas. And, you know, we would totally. both start getting super hyper and bouncing off the walls and like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. We can make it amazing. And, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. I need to get me a... Apple. Do you get text messages and all that jazz? I yeah. Do you, do you yeah. like it? Um, I do. 
because I, I don't use it for a lot of its intended purposes. So this one, I've had this one. It's actually, I don't know, five or five years or something. Oh, okay. So it's really outdated. It doesn't keep up with the pace of the newer phones and everything because they stopped updating the software. But I only use it for timers. So I set timers, you know, for the customer floats. Um notifies me a text and phone calls which i like because i usually keep my phone on on excuse mm-hmm. me on silent as well and so i don't normally notice not that um not that there's often there's anything that's urgent but it does also ring the the spa phone number like i get it on my phone so that one's more important to mm-hmm. know that like somebody's phoning the spa and um and then the other one would be uh, we've got a motion detector at the door and this will notify me if there's motion detected. So if I'm cleaning the rooms, oh. it's kind of like my cheat is that I've got like this buzz on my watch so that I and know. And here I thought you just had spidey senses. <laughs> the jig's up. We got yeah. you. <laughs> so it, I like it. Um, I definitely don't use it for all of the different intended purposes, mm-hmm. but it, it, I keep it very simple and it works well for that. Um, but yeah, so... We, you know, we're we're talking about this energy thing and something I really wanted to get into because we uh, I, I haven't had the chance to sort of congregate with anybody else that was at the Power of Success seminar. And so I really want to get into that because my number one takeaway uh, from that. So even to kind of the question that I want to sort of ask is is what's sort of left a lasting impression. And so mine was definitely the sort of energy control thing. So, you know, that was really big with, with, with Tony, Tony Robbins was the, the keynote speaker, mm-hmm. the, the main, the main thing, the main deal, but it was, it was noticeable throughout everybody because they all wanted us getting up and jumping around and everything. But Tony's the one that kind of actually, described it and put it into place as to why we were doing that and you know it's all about maintaining and knowing what and monitoring your energy levels and that one it not that i hadn't known it before but the way it was actually i guess we, we demonstrated we, demonstrated. we yeah. had to follow along yeah. and and you know i left that 14-hour seminar or whatever it was. It was a long day. It was a very I, long I day. I left it with just as much energy as I came into Did it Did you? With. Yeah. Okay. I on the I was on the other end of it. I felt like it was... I wish Tony was a little bit earlier. Sure. I love him. I've listened to his books and read his books and watched his Netflix specials and yeah. all that. But I found that it was so late in the day that for me, by the time it all finally happened, uh-huh. I, I struggled. I struggled. I did. Because it was, for me, I was geeking out so much with Gary John Bishop and John Gray and Molly Bloom and Rachel Hollis. Like, the mom and me was going nuts <laughs> there. So, sure. you know, Molly Bloom, I didn't know who she was. That yeah. was a surprise for me. JT Fox, a new name for me. I've never seen anything with him before either. Um, so I, I just felt like I'd consumed so much yeah. that by the time Tony came out, I wasn't able to give it my all. Hmm. So totally on the other, like the content was incredible. I yep. was able to hear what he said and, and kind of dissect that. But with everything that I had learned that day and so many aha moments and so many takeaways, True. by the time Tony came out, it was like, I was emotionally 
drained. So I'm on the other, yeah, I'm totally on the other spectrum of oh, that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I didn't feel that I had... Well, you were also, like, underneath him. Like, <laughs> yeah. He was basically sweating on you, so that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I was... have Tony sweat, like, energizing me throughout the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I So I, I liked most of the other guests. I was definitely sort of, I guess, conserving myself for, for Tony. I wasn't – I didn't know going into it. I was a little naive about the whole – you know, it's kind of that like structure where that's the intro level one where you get sold to go to something else. Mm-hmm. I wasn't super impressed by that. It disappointed me. Yeah. It did disappoint me from time to time. Now, had you been to this before? No. Okay. No, I have friends that did last year. I okay. think it was that they did it. Um, so the hard sell or soft sell at the end of each speaker, I was like, eh. Eh, I didn't love that. You know, yeah. that kind of devalued the whole experience for me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I loved the speakers. And there were some speakers that I was like, okay, you know what? I could for sure see value in going to to their conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, but others, I was like, really? Like, you got me really, really excited, really excited. Yeah. You know, you're going to show me the, the, the big tip on how to get <laughs> rich with a passive income. But it's only going to cost me this much money yeah so that was a bit of a bummer um but so many good takeaways like it was sure. emotionally did you end up signing up for any of the seminars because i was this close i was like this close to signing up for um the financial one were you i was yeah yeah it, it was Which is uh, probably the biggest <laughs> would have been the worst one but i i'm i feel like that's a whole industry and world that i'm not familiar with mm. and that may have been a good What's that with the sort of stocks and and investments and, you know, aside from real estate and, Uh you know, assets like to actually jump into that type of investing that interests me a lot. Sure. I, um, I know. So I actually, it worked out well time-wise. I think I even told some people that were around me. So I very quickly learned my rule number one in business, which I, I shall not deviate from is to never make a decision on the same day that it's presented to you. Okay. And so that's something I stick to. And so I didn't know who... Um, now I, I forget his I name I can't remember already. his name either. <laughs> I, I, I follow him on Instagram, but I... Yeah, I can't I, um, remember his name. I... I could Google it and find out. I've seen him once since then somewhere, but I didn't know who he was, which was kind of a red flag because I've done a lot of reading into into personal finance and everything mm-hmm. so not that i'm the most experienced but i've got enough i'm well versed enough to handle my own i have two audiobooks under my belt that's about it so, <laughs> yeah. so you know I, I so i hadn't heard from him or i hadn't heard yep. of him so that was i i wasn't totally convinced that he had the right answers mm-hmm. and uh have you heard of jt fox before i hadn't okay me either and so Me that either. was, yeah, so, and I haven't heard of him since either. So that's. I do only because I follow him on Instagram. Do you? Yeah. So okay. now I'm, I'm consuming yep. the, the info. Yep. Not, nothing life changing. I, me. so I was curious, um, the finance guy, I think his, his book, I think he's got a book that's on Goodreads. So okay. it's funny. I dove into the people that I hadn't heard of. And um, I mean, I watched Molly's Game after that. Oh, as soon as it came on Netflix? I didn't watch it right after. I waited for it to come on Netflix. Yeah. And 
I I don't know about you, but I kind of wanted to start like an underground poker thing. Like after I saw this badass girl up on stage looking incredible with this really cool story, I was like, yeah, I can do that. Like I can totally do that. I can start a poker game. I got like a pink Texas Hold'em like poker kit, I think, from oh, yeah. when I was in grade nine or something like that. Yeah, it was hers. Her. I liked hers the most because it was, you know, storytelling mm-hmm. based. You know, she mm-hmm. did a good job with actually telling a story and not trying to sell us on something. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, did she try and sell anything? No, no, I didn't think so. I mean, she didn't even ask to go check out her book or the movie. But I mean, that was kind of the the thing that you may want to do. Afterwards. Soft sell. She snuck it yeah. in there with a yeah. little clip and that. But that's her story to tell, and and she, you know, she had those three lessons or mm-hmm. whatever, however many it was, but. It was good, good information, mm-hmm. and that was that. And um, so I haven't read the book version because I watched the movie first. And uh, the the book, a lot of people say that it's very drawn out. Okay. Um, so I haven't read it yet, but I may still. The movie um, was so exciting. I don't think I could yeah. take a few steps back now and. <laughs> you know consume it on slow slow mo <laughs> i don't think i could do that now fair enough um but i looked into jt fox mm-hmm. and a lot of people say you know there's a lot of scam alert stuff with yep. his thing. i could see that i could yeah. see that he gave that vibe to me like okay. gave that off for sure yeah so uh i i don't quite i it was you know red flags there um I like the content, but again, it wasn't anything that I haven't heard anywhere before. Yeah. He just presented it together in a certain way, yep. right? It wasn't anything new or life-changing. Exactly. And then, um, yeah, and then the finance guy, his books got pretty good reviews. Uh, there's, a, there's a book, but I, I haven't bothered checking it out. And then um, I, I don't, I didn't really dive too much more into him. Anyway, that was, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a lot of stuff, but I found. So what about, was it Jonathan, John Gray? John Gray? John Gray's The Men Are From Mars. Yes. What did you think of that? I like that one a lot. Have you read the book before? I hadn't, but I know okay. a lot about it. Yeah. I, I've heard of it. Yeah. I wouldn't say I know a lot about it. But I recently read it too. Yeah. So I, well, listen to it. I'm an audiobook person all day long. I have the hard copies because yep. I like having my special collection, but yeah. um, I love it. And I I did go to the VIP. Were you at the VIP lunch? Yes. Okay. And I did have the opportunity to talk to him. And because my husband was also interested and he read the book too. And he did take the time to say, have you read the second part? Hmm. And I guess there's a second version. And I said, no. And he said, that one's better. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay, I haven't done it yet. So I, there's another one. So 24, six and the other John, John Gray book. book. Cool. (laughs) Two on my list now. Yeah. No, I liked, I liked his um, information and presentation and everything. Gary John Bishop, what'd you think of him? The Scottish guy? I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, like, good. I, I, I didn't know who he was. Really? Before, probably, maybe a month before, because the only person I knew going into the the seminar was Tony Robbins. Okay. Really, other than I knew who, I knew the book Men Are v- From Mars. Yeah. I, I knew what that was, but. I wouldn't expect you to know who Rachel Hollis is, because that's, she's like mom gang. Yeah, I hadn't, I didn't really know who she was either, so, um. I kind of checked out some of the people, got a feel for yeah. for them, and it was I read through one of Gary John Bishop's books and really enjoyed the content. You know, it was very short and sweet, easy and, uh, reads, yeah. easy easy read. Yeah. So I was looking forward to him, and I, I laughed like the entire time. Oh yeah, it was it was so I love his directness. Yeah, because what he says isn't game changing. He's just direct. 
it's obvious. It's that keep it simple, stupid, like, hello, wake up, like, just stop. Like, it's so it's what you need to hear sometimes. Yeah. And his delivery was hilarious. It was. Yeah, it was hilarious. He started doing some cool stuff on his Instagram, too, um, where he's posting videos every day now. So he has desk calendars as well. But now, like, it's March. But now he's posting videos every day where he's super up close and like he doesn't care yeah obviously doesn't give a you know what yeah and he's just up close and like gives like a quick 20 30 second motivational thing and that's it okay i love it i it's awesome every day you know you wake up and go to consume instagram and there he is yeah he had a course on creative live that i checked out after after the the seminar and it was okay Mm -hmm. it was it wasn't I didn't even tune into the whole thing. Um it was one of the ones you can probably check it out as well. Creative Live is Chase Jarvis's platform for online learning around oh. creative stuff. And uh and he there's a free episode of one of the um semi, one of the whatever topics that airs each day. And so I was tuning into this one because it was the the live one. I'm like, oh, I just saw him, so I'd like to check this out. It wasn't it wasn't something that I would probably pay for. Do you think he's just extra cool because of his accent? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want to listen to you. Yeah. That's that's yeah. a big thing for me too. Yeah. It's and not then, too often that you see somebody come out with like a thick Scottish accent besides like I don't know, an actor. I'm trying to think of like gladiator guy you know it's not too often you see somebody come out with a thick scottish accent so it's like yeah i'll listen to you yeah i can listen to you for sure and um and so actually something that i've been um curious about with a lot of people lately and it kind of ties into you know you didn't pull the 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 trigger to go towards any of those advanced quote-unquote um pay for these additional seminars what's uh do you have and also because of, I think Tribe of Mentors was one of the books that you really digged into. Um, are there mentors in your life or coaches? Are you into that or not? What's What are your thoughts on that? Topic? Oh, man. I've had lots of mentors. Yeah. I have. And I don't think that I've ever, with the exception of one, um, I don't think I've ever taken the time to say, you are my mentor. Right. Or entered into a formal mentorship. Yeah. Where, you know, they offer me something and I offer some some value in exchange as well. I don't think I've ever had that. I'm so open to it. Mm-hmm. I'm so open to it. Um, there is somebody I work with in another market that definitely mentors me. And mm-hmm. I joke around that that person's my mentor, but there's never been anything where it was completely discussed of value being exchanged and what the no upfront contract right. in terms of what we're going to exchange. Right. Would love to have one though. Yeah, like There's somebody, a, like a, a coach that you're accountable to. Yes. Kind of thing? Yeah. And yeah. you know what? I, God, I'm lucky. I am so lucky. I have, you know, with all the clients that I work with, I have some of the biggest boss lady, boss <laughs> men. Um, people in this in this community in this region or yeah. in other regions that are clients of mine, and you know, yeah, I sell radio, I sell digital, but at the end of the day, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I am so freaking curious to yeah. learn more about their business and really dive into that. And I've learned, I've grown to have some really strong relationships with some of these these owners that are, man, they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they know their stuff, and so 
I feel like I'm like almost constantly in a mentorship. Like I learn, I, I ask for feedback from clients sometimes, you know, and what they'd like to see. And I'll say, you know, I do things X, Y, and Z sometimes, you know, is that something that works for you? If it's not, what do you want to see? Yeah. Right. And I, I'm open to, to changing or learning or tweaking behaviors for them as well. And I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm just being curious. So I, I guess kind of, I don't have a formal mentor would love a coach yeah. where there's value exchanged, mm-hmm. but in a sense, I have a ton of them. Right. Like I, I'm not going to name names, but sure. yeah. I got some pretty badass people I get to work with that yeah. I learned so much from. Yeah. That's super cool. It's like, it's similar to the, I had this, this concept of virtual mentorship, mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago and, and it, it's similar to the same, th- that too, you know, you get so much value. I, I, I want, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. It's just something that's been going through my brain a lot lately. And I'm curious what, because we talk, we hear about, you know, these different, people that had their mentors ahead of them. Warren Buffett had, um, I'm blanking on the name now, um, Graham, I think, that wrote the the invest, Benjamin Graham, I think. That might not be the name. Anyway, you know, a lot of these people had mentors or coaches. Do you think it was like a formal coaching relationship or a formal mentorship? I don't know. That's the Because cu- my boss was an, of, an amazing mentor for me yeah, too. Like I have. That's kind of the thing I'm curious about in, in, in a lot of these things, whether it was a formal relationship or whether it's something like looking back on it, people are like, Oh, that was my mentor. Yeah. Like looking at everything. I don't, I have. I don't have the answer. That's I'm, that's what I'm trying to like figure out. Do you think bit. we're almost, I don't want to say overvaluing, um, putting too much pressure on the idea of having a mentor like that it needs to be or, or a coach that it needs I, to be a relationship where there's stuff exchanged and you know, it's formal <laughs> I know, and it I know needs to be saying, on a screen yeah. and they're, they're holding us accountable. Do we need that? That's what I'm trying to figure out because it's, um, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of different people that sell themselves as coaches these days. And, and so I'm wondering if it's their marketing is getting into my head as that's how it is. You pay somebody and then you that's sort of the transactional thing. Uh, there's that accountability. But I don't know. It's something that I feel like, too, though, like if you're curious, you're going to learn. Yeah. Right. If you're yep. asking questions and it's hard to ask questions sometimes, like it's definitely hard, like even to have that that upfront conversation of like, you know, do you think you could mentor me with, with this? Right. Because I don't know if there's like one end all be all mentor. Well, I don't think there can be because you've got to learn so many different things. Yeah. And people specialize on so many different things and man, that would be expensive. Like if you had to pay (laughs) for every single relationship that you had where you were learning something like that got pretty freaking expensive. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of it, but I'm wondering if we put too much pressure on it. Because yeah. if you're asking the right questions and you're surrounding yourself by the right people, I feel like people are going to answer your questions and help you and want to mentor you. Yeah, that's a good answer. It's a great yeah. answer. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've been very lucky that way. But, but I also, on the other end of things, I've been shut down hard. Like I'm in sales. Like sometimes people don't want to talk to me. Right. (laughs) And I can't take it personally, but there've been a good chunk of relationships that are awesome. Yeah. And in all sorts of different industries, I'm not, you know, partial to any particular 
um, sector. Yeah. And I've learned spiritual things from people that, you know, sell trailers. I've learned, you know, organizational skills from people that own coffee shops. I've learned about how to eliminate so much detail from people that make meat sticks. Like it's, I've learned a lot from a lot of different people for sure. Listening and asking questions. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. It actually comes, it comes back to the other thing that have you had a mentor? Sorry. Like anyone in particular that stands out. I, I wouldn't say no, not, not that stands out. I more so the, once again, the sort of virtual mentor thing. Yeah. I mean, I've got people I will, I will call quote unquote coaches, you know, in particularly in strongman, mm-hmm. um, never like a formal sort of thing. And, and I think you learn from each other too. So it's not that there's necessarily one person that's higher than the other. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. You learn from each other. Yeah. And that's, so that was, you know, one of the other things that came to mind with after seeing Tony Robbins was I asked myself the question of, would I go to that again? And I don't know that I necessarily would, although there was a unique energy to the experience, all the information, I feel I wasn't the right sort of person to be crammed into an auditorium full of people to learn. Um, you can get all of it from his book, Awaken mm-hmm. the Giant Within, mm-hmm. which was written in 1991. Yeah. All of the same information, which is kind of cool to me because he's saying the same stuff, which means at least for him, that's really what stuck is his story. Yeah. But um, also because I listened to and I consume so much of his content, you know, the stories you probably if you've listened to a it's, lot you knew the punchline it was, was almost coming. like hearing a comedian that's still doing the same bit right, right? yeah a- and i think maybe that's where i was okay of losing some energy by the end of the day mm. because i have consumed a lot of his content in the past i was familiar with his stories i knew that he was going to come out you know doing what he does <laughs> yeah. like i i, I kind of knew that so i don't i agree i don't know if i would do it again yeah Um, but because I'm curious too, I question myself. I'm like, okay, what's going on behind the scenes? How Mm. scripted is it? How many times has he said it that way? How many times is he, you know, does he walk down the aisle, you know, three times this way, then on purpose this way, then that way? Like there's probably a lot of behind the scenes (laughs) stuff that go behind putting on those productions. Yeah. And so for me, I was kind of starting, I was starting to question the authenticity. Interesting. And I feel like he wa- he's very authentic and was authentic back, you know, Waking the Giant Within, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if he's just told it so many times now that it's kind of lost its oomph. Unless you're somebody that's seen him for the first time or experienced. Like if, you know, when you first experience him, I feel like it's like, wow. So if that was your first Tony Robbins experience yeah. and you've never read a book, like... That would be life-changing, like absolutely life-changing. But I I don't know, the energy was incredibly high. Mm-hmm. I still had great energy, don't get me wrong. Yep. But I saw people that were like a few seats down from me, a few in front of me, a few behind me that were had much more energy than I did by that time yeah. of day, right? Yeah. So I was I was I was starting to like question though, 
how everything worked behind the scenes. That's interesting. I, I never thought of that. that I was. I was super, like, uh, I'm a little bit psychotic that way. I was like, okay, is he supposed to walk that way? Does he always walk that way? Interesting. Because there are so many. It was a big production too. Right. Like, well, the giant there were screens and the and cameras. The security and, guards that that stayed within five feet of mm-hmm. them. The people that were crawling along the ground. Yeah. Like to make sure that every, like. That nobody got too close or jumped in. That's all got to be pretty scripted, (laughs) like, and set up and structured and whatnot. So I was fascinated by those things. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't have a chance to really engage in his energy. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it was I was tired by the end of the day because of all the stuff that I've heard and learned. Or I was fascinated by the theatrical (laughs) end of it. Yeah. Because it was pretty cool. Like his clapping and (laughs) I just wanted to like do the Tony Robbins clap with him. Like Halloween, (laughs) Halloween. There you go. That's like the best Halloween costume, Tony Robbins. You just go around (laughs) all Halloween. You got your ball cap and everything like that. (laughs) I could pull that off really well. 100% you could. You're welcome. I'll let you know a little closer too and remind you. Um, Is there... Anything else that you want to, like, talk about? I think everything that I sort of wanted to touch on, we got to, but... um... I feel like... I'm curious with you, because I looked at your book collection here. Yeah. And we have a few things in common. Mm -hmm. I know that you probably consume a lot more than I do. What is it that you're starting... That you want to learn more about? That maybe... Like for me, it was like stocks and investments and mm-hmm. I've only got a couple books under my belt. Like what do you, what interests you that you want to learn a little bit more about? Um, it's, it's a good question. I would say a few weeks ago or at the start of the year, it was definitely around the, the concept of forest bathing. Tell which, me about that. <laughs> so, so, and now I've, I've got a couple of books that have scratched that itch Of course you bit. do. Of course you do. <laughs> so, um... So forest bathing is, um, I forget, I, I'm going to, I would mess up the actual Japanese term, so I'm not going to try to say it. Um, but it's, it comes from this Japanese term, which is essentially getting into nature as a way to, I, I guess, bathe, you know, so not, not like physically sense. cleanse no, your body more, or emotionally, more so, more so emotionally okay. and mentally cleanse. Okay. So there is a lot of power behind getting into nature. Mm-hmm. And, um, so a couple of the books that did kind of satisfy that a little bit for me, the one that's sitting right there is brainwash. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that, uh, there's a chapter in stillness is the key that covers it. And, uh, and also a little bit in 24-6 actually touches on, the, she actually does use the term forest bathing. So um, there's there's some pretty interesting research behind all the benefits that nature does for us. And it can even be as, as simple as plants indoors, mm-hmm. you know, bringing more of the nature indoors or, or just the fragrant, fragrances like essential oils actually activate the prefrontal cortex and help to sort of target our brain to be more, uh, you know, reduce stress, reduce anxiety, reduce blood pressure, um, getting into nature itself. So give me an example of forest bathing. Is it going for a walk? Is it that simple? Is it meditation in the forest? Is it rubbing bark all over your skin and like... (laughs) 
wafting the smell of pine trees or yeah <laughs> what is it like so uh there's there's nothing that um stands out as being the necessary protocols i think in in brainwash they recommend getting into nature at least 30 minutes per week and that i seems low you know it, it does seem low but they're really it's it's a very simple protocol for getting people started into a lot of these different wellness things and they're they're asking a lot of people you know there's there's a diet component a movement component there's the nature component digital interactions relationships and empathy practices there's a whole bunch of stuff in there and so i think they keep it simple um my personal recommendation is as many days of the week as possible yeah really and uh i mean i think there's a there's a definite difference between just the indoor plants um i mean not that not that i notice if they make a difference to me they probably do but actually getting outside uh, you know, without the, without the audiobook or the podcast or, uh, even in taking even Snapchats or photos. Or, yeah. 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 Now like something that I've been into for the last year is, is photography and videography. And so a lot of the times I am practicing that hobby when I'm going out into nature. Because On your I, cell phone? Or no. Actual uh, with, with the camera. Yeah. Uh, very, I, I no longer like taking photos on my phone because the quality and everything is massively different. Yeah. Even, even with the, it's funny. I don't know. Um, because a lot of the, the photographer YouTubers will do those comparisons between an expensive camera versus a, a phone or versus an inexpensive camera. And at first, I, I couldn't get it right, but very quickly, I started to recognize those things that make the image quality that much better on a professional camera. And mm-hmm. once you see it, you can't go back. <laughs> it's funny. You can still make excellent photos with your phone, and I still do if if it's the only thing I've got with me. But That's how I um, feel, feel when I hear a radio ad that isn't, like, top-notch quality. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I'm like that if I if I hear audio I get yeah a little... so so um yeah I scratched the forest bathing itch I think um what else There's... you scratch your itches fast because holy crap I'll get one and I'm like my 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 cycle's a lot longer mm. I would say where it's like oh you know I'm I'm interested in learning about this and yeah. I think it's because there's Ooh. not a whole lot. I don't know there's not a whole lot to learn about it i i'm sure there's more that you could go super in depth but um there's just you know there's a few things and nature basic the simple answer is nature improves your health and well-being so and I, you know what i feel like that's going back to like the gary john bishop thing like it's simplicity it's so simple yeah. like bring it back go outside like it's very obvious and in your face but we just forget yeah right but there's also things that i think you know that that have a, a longer term sort of impression upon me learning about photography and videography is nearly infinite as far as what you can learn and so that's something that you know has been that i've been studying and learning about for a full year wow um, good for you or or business is even a better example because 
you can never stop learning there. Oh, it's and yeah. so so you kind of chunk it down into what you're going to learn about now. It's whether it's the startup phase, what you're going to do for the first little while, mm-hmm. and uh, and then now the sort of the question, the next kind of thing coming up is uh, there's there's a book by the name you know crossing the chasm. Like what do you do when it starts to reach that point of mainstream and it's no longer the early adopters. So that's uh, something that's going through my head a lot. And there's some books on my shelf to, to dive into that because, um, yeah, that's kind of where flow spa is at, I would say. Well, fortunately I don't anticipate people will be floating on the internet anytime soon. So (laughs) I think you're good there. Yeah. You're good there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, um, you said you had a couple of rules that you kind of live by in, in business. Maybe I don't know if business or personal or both. And one of them was you don't commit to a decision the same day it's presented. Yes. What else? Do you have like a top three? That's definitely rule number one. Um, are there, are there any others? Um, I would say, I guess another one that like I, I like a lot is is that always be learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, uh, I identify I, a term that came up. I don't know who said it first or where I saw it first was the idea of being like an infinite learner, and that just resonated right away with with me. Um, so that that's another thing for sure. Is uh, and, and that's I don't know. That's why I like doing my own thing you know in business it's you've always got to be learning Mm -hmm. and growing and Mm -hmm. yeah so so there's there's yeah the the other thing is that is the growth you know it's it's not about being stagnant or whatever life and everything meaning is all about growth Mm -hmm. right and and then that ties into the flow state because you've got to constantly be pushing yourself to stay in the flow state. Um, Okay, so do you learn one thing at a time? Do you stay in the flow state with what it is that you're learning? Do you read one book at a time? um, Do you go into (laughs) flow with how you consume your, what you're learning? um, Not always. Okay. Because I think, I don't know. uh, I I read quite a few books. (laughs) And so... I know um, you do. (laughs) And so... I've started to uh, realize that there's, I do like to stick to one book sometimes. Um, and then there's other times that I like to also dive into multiple books because I just, I realize the more that you're, the more that you learn, the more that things start to network together and weave together into this larger picture of how everything works. Is that why sometimes it comes across as seeming like, oh, I've heard this before. I've heard that before. It wasn't new. And it does. You start to really see the synergy between what you're what you're reading or what you're learning. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so and obviously, you know, a lot of a lot of books or concepts will will touch on the same thing. You know, even as that example, it was it was kind of a pleasant surprise that several of the books that I've picked up lately are all talking about forest bathing because it's this thing that each person's kind of drawn to as well. Now the law of attraction, every book that I pick up for the next little while is going to touch <laughs> on may, forest bathing. It probably will. 100% it's going to. <laughs> yeah, either that or or sort of the another thing that's really, you know, 
being prevalent in in the discussion is that digital minimalism or, or being sensible about your interactions with, mm-hmm. with technology and everything. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, tr- I sometimes try to stick to one book, but I also don't always because um, another thing that I'm, I'm hearing a lot from, you know, Tim Ferriss and he was talking to Ryan holiday late recently and Ryan holidays, I would say my number one favorite author uh, lately. He's just, He's just awesome. Um, but it's it's thinking about how many books you have left to consume in your lifetime, you know? And, oh, that's uh, exhausting. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> so I don't find, well, part Do you of speed it, read? No, I don't. Have you tried it? I have tried it. Okay. Multiple times. Okay. And it's not for me. Not your jam? No. Um, I do listen to audiobooks on like 1.7 times speed though. Hey, I sped it up a little bit, like not too long ago. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to try and be super efficient with this. And I did speed it up and it wasn't for me. Yeah. I feel like because I'm an audio person, I like the inflections and being able to consume it that way. And so yeah. without the inflections, when you start to speed it up, you miss that stuff. Fair you enough. totally miss that stuff. I, I it, it's interesting. Um, even with podcasts and stuff, you know, it depends on like listening to Joe Rogan. I cannot do it at one time speed. I don't listen to Joe Rogan like on a good day. So not the person Fair for enough. that. Fair do you enough. reread books? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Do you want to be a mentor? Yes. In, I already have. I in already a formal have. like mentorship relationship like um, that we're not sure about. <laughs> maybe. Okay. Maybe. Um, I do it for free for a lot of people because yeah. I get so much joy out Me of it. Me too. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, not entirely sure if that's the route, but something I'm kind of, that's why I'm asking these questions a lot, I think, because I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm going to start saying, because I always joke around that I give unsolicited advice. Yeah. I'm going to just say that I'm a mentor now <laughs> cool. instead of just offering unsolicited advice all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, and so, so yeah, I, I don't know the, uh, basically Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday, their thing about the books and how many books you have left to read in your lifetime, it scares them. And so I have a hard time letting go of a book that I'm reading because it's just once I, I, I feel that you got to finish it if you, it's weird, but, um, I'm getting a little bit better because you can't stick to a book that is not resonating with nope you. give up right yeah. don't waste your time was that a tim ferris thing as well it, it was four re- hour work week yeah i think that was yeah four hour work week if you're but, not if you go to a movie and you're not feeling the movie who cares that you paid for the movie yeah. get the hell out don't waste your time right yeah. don't sit through it because you feel like you need to if you start a book you're not enjoying the book yeah but he also don't and, suffer and read you know, it all the other thing with the four hour work week is something that i struggle with is and i think i'm a little bit better at it now is is the just-in-time learning versus just-in-case. That's an important part of the four-hour work week structure. Can you refresh me on that? Sorry. Yeah, so it's, you know, a lot of, and Tim talks about this a lot too, is is reading as a form of procrastination is an acceptable form of procrastination because it makes you look like you're smart and you're reading a book and you're, uh, you're learning, so it can't be slothful or lazy, but in in his especially in the four-hour work week structure and trying to be as efficient as possible with your time it's all about you don't 
batch consume information before you need it. It's he, so he calls it just in time learning right. versus right. just in case learning. Right. You know, if I'm reading a book on, uh, I don't know because I, I actually use all the information. So I, I, that's why I can apply it without it being just in case learning a lot of time. I, actually. Yeah. I don't have a good example of just in, in just in case right now for myself because I, I try to apply it all. Yeah, I don't remember that from it. I don't remember that from it. One thing that I am I think interested it's in. There. I know he talks about it a lot, oh, but probably. I think it's in the four hour work week as well. I'd like to, I want to learn a little bit more about virtual assistants. Oh yeah. That seemed pretty cool. Like that's one thing probably I've, I've applied a lot from that book into yeah. my day to day, like obviously tweaking it for what fits for me. Yeah. But the virtual assistant thing is something that I'm like, yeah, I feel like that could be really handy. It, it really, could. really handy. Yeah. If it got to the point that I had something that was a passive income, yada, yada, where yeah. it would work or business or something like that. Like that yeah. interests me big yeah, time. That's a super interesting um, topic too, because, you know, you can have virtual assistants that are, are within the same country as you as well. Too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are people that are, are doing it all over the place mm-hmm. now. So um, it's interesting. I have, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not there yet because it, it it feels scary to let go of things like that. I definitely am not because yeah. of that reason. But I'm starting to hear of a lot of like real estate agents that are doing yeah. it, um, and having virtual assistants that'll like call back any leads that they get on the website and stuff like that. They'll call them back right away. The virtual assistant will and try and set up a meeting for the agent and. Yeah and the the prospect and yeah. they'll go back and forth like that and or via text message like often when you respond to a, an email inquiry online or a text message and you get an automatic response you know it's it could be as simple as taking that off your hands but again mm-hmm. then you're not the voice of your business right and somebody else is representing you yeah i guess it depends on i mean tim's very diligent about how he structured it right to have scripts on what kind of answers and stuff Mm -hmm. it's an interesting topic actually because we're uh we're transitioning to a new system for our like booking software already um yeah wow good for you and and, uh i mean it's funny because the thought goes through my head i'm not sure about the answer but um was i sold on something that i don't need Versus is it actually something? And I did decide, I took a week, so I did. I did hey, you didn't buy it the first no, day? I, That's I, um, okay. But it actually comes with, um, if we miss any calls, it comes with a, a, a text robot. Okay. That will actually respond and. Do you get to create the script that yes. comes from the robot? Yeah. Right. But it, it'll, it'll uh, see, you can actually text to book an appointment and stuff. So if, if a call's missed, it says, hey, it looks like, can I help you, blah, blah, blah. You know? I love that. I'm. And then it's like, were you looking to book an appointment, press one or whatever, it'll show appointment times, oh, all like that, that stuff. I'm hoping it works out well. So it's kind of like a virtual assistant. It is, very much totally, so. Totally, totally. Yeah, so. I like that idea. And I'm starting to find that I'm doing more communication via text. So even oh, yeah. when I started in this industry seven years ago, you know, it was a lot of face-to-face stuff with clients. And now that I find, I find I'm doing a lot of texting with clients is my commercial scripts, yeah. audio, like everything via text message. But I'm also being somebody that wants to text as well to do business because I'll text my insurance broker, hmm. my bank manager. Interesting. Um, they'll also text me like 
this is the way that I'm doing business yeah. now with a lot of things. Um, the the massage and chiro place I go to in Lindsay. Oh yeah. They will text me when they have a cancellation, hmm. and I can take the cancellation right then and there. Yeah. And I love it. Hmm. I love it because yeah. then I'm not being interrupted. Yeah. I can do it, I guess, at my at my pace. But it seems a little more personal than emailing, in a sense. Sure. So that's yeah. I'm hoping that um, the new system's got a lot more text stuff involved. Good for you. That's a great which, idea. Which I think it will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because even though once again we're not sure if we we love or hate Gary, but Gary Vaynerchuk uh, talks <laughs> a lot about how text messaging is the next wave of of being very powerful as far as email marketing being less effective now and you got to get to text and this this system's going to have a lot more text stuff involved so i'm kind of looking forward to that i feel like a lot of people are already doing that though too a lot of people are yeah um i get business texts all the time yeah Mm -hmm. they're they're sort of sales usually if it's sale at a store stuff like that Mm -hmm. i get texts but i still get a lot of emails however i'm very aware of going in and unsubscribing oh yeah i will take the time to unsubscribe so that i'm not wasting the time to open those emails yeah and being tempted to buy things yeah (laughs) because i do like buying things fair enough yeah well um where can people find you or do you want people to find you? No, <laughs> uh, I don't actually. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn, Janet yep. DeBello. Um, I have a pretty strong presence on LinkedIn. I like to post my thoughts. and I don't even know if I've got you on I LinkedIn. know. That's embarrassing now that I bring that up. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely follow you. I love LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I, I love LinkedIn. I feel like it's kind of the new Facebook for me because I'm able to still read about things and learn about things, but it's things that are more oriented to what I do. Sure. And I like to share stories, Mm. success stories and crappy stories, you know, where I've seen marketing work, where I've seen it not work, where I think that it's going sometimes or not. And Mm -hmm. yes, I follow Gary Vee. He has quite a strong LinkedIn presence as well. Yeah. Um, Love LinkedIn though. Definitely Janet DiBello. I, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm on there a little bit, but I don't know if I've got it figured out the way because he talk Gary talks about how it's got extremely good organic reach and uh I don't know if it's really doing much for me but yeah I, you I still really like need it. to post oh. post 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 and yeah. again the organic thing I don't know I don't really check my analytics and all that jazz I subscribed to premium for a couple months yeah because I kept hearing premium 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 check out premium I checked out premium I'm not really looking for a job, so I don't know if I need premium, right? And I'm not prospecting really through LinkedIn. So it's, I use it for more of a platform, like a Facebook Mm -hmm. for business. I hate prospects through LinkedIn. Me too. And I, I panic. I don't know. I don't want to open it and I don't want to like (laughs) not open it. Like, do I archive it? And then I look like I never open it. Like, yeah. So if, if it's a real person, yeah. I'll definitely talk to you on LinkedIn. Sure. It's the fake ones that I don't like talking to. Yeah. I got double dinged today with an email and a message from someone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Intense. I archived it. I think that was the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for uh, coming in today. Thanks for having me. It was, You're this welcome. Is, definitely I can get used to doing this after work. The podcasting or the floating? Both. Both, yeah. (laughs) Go float and then hang out. Yeah. It's a great space you have. Really great space. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Flowcast. 
take a moment to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube for the video version and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to connect the podcast to those who will find value in it. Hit the share button and send this episode to a friend or two. And a big thanks as always to Flow Spa for making it possible for us to keep making this podcast. Flow Spa is Peterborough's float therapy and sports recovery center dedicated to providing the ultimate relaxation experience. Whether you need physical relief from pain or a deep state of mental relaxation and calm, or even the best sports recovery methods to help you recover from your training, Flow Spa is where you can find your flow.